Hello and welcome to the Red Couch Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Harrietha. This week on the podcast, it's another edition of Reporter Rants. This issue is our fashion issue, so to discuss some of the stories and work that went into putting this issue together, I have interrobang reporter Emma Butler on her debut appearance. Emma, welcome to the podcast. Yes. Yeah, this is the second time we're recording this. <laughs> Forgot to hit record. That's my bad. Um, so could you just introduce yourself for the yeah. uh, listeners who don't know who you are? Yeah, so I'm Emma Butler. I'm a reporter for the Interrobang uh, newspaper. I'm actually just finishing up my last year here at Fanshawe with TV, film, broadcast production. So yeah, I'm loving it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So like, how, how's it been? What's new and exciting and all that? Um, well, so in our program, we um, we do internships at the end. And I went to Montreal to do global news. That's really cool. Yeah, it was fantastic. And then I ended up having to come home due to health issues. I need to be by my doctor. So it was kind of upsetting because I really loved it and it was exactly what I wanted to do. But now I'm back here, which is great because now I can still report for you guys or the paper. Love it. Yeah, we love that. Um, yeah. And then I'm just working, speaking of fashion, I'm now uh, interning with the fashion program uh, to help produce their fashion show in april so yeah yeah i I believe yeah i'm actually writing a story on that fashion show i was just writing it before you uh, came in and we started to record and it's called uh loving local i think is the name yeah it's a it's a cool little show like yeah i talked to uh god i forget i think her name was linda jenkin yeah 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 and i so i talked to her about it this morning and it seems really really wicked oh very like how they incorporate like thrifted clothes like like the clothes that were out on the shelves and then didn't get logs now they're like really purposing them and whatnot so i'm like this is great no it's really cool how all like the the fashion design and the fashion management program a lot of their shows really do focus on like sustainability i think that's like really really cool how like um what was it with the story they went out and they picked um thrifted pieces you know curated collection of thrifted pieces and then all of the looks that we saw on the runway were also thrifted pieces and now with this one you know they're doing work with uh i think it's share the worth is the name yeah of the of the place and it's run by goodwill industries and essentially what they do is they take old garments and they either you know fix them up or they essentially break them down in the materials and make other garments out of them. yeah i was i was just there the other day oh yeah at their headquarters on I forget what road it is, but at the Bink Goodwill place. And it was really cool to see the, like their sewing room and like all the stuff that they get, like blankets, big jackets, um, a lot of denim, and then how they make it into their own and then put it back out. Well, yeah, because especially a lot of those, a lot of those materials, especially stuff like denim, like if you have a really nice quality like denim, it's going to last ages. Oh yeah, for sure. My mom's got a jacket that she bought in the 80s that she still rocks everyone so but it's just like it but because it's it was like a levi's jacket just that hardcore no, denim. it's not going anywhere. no it's not going anywhere like so it's it's good that we're not just tossing these pieces yeah out into the landfill and then we're able to essentially give like a second life to the yeah, honestly i feel like a lot like we're in 2023 like we don't need to be making new things that's why i love like thrifting and there's so much stuff out there already that we don't need to make new stuff like repurpose it reduce it reuse it oh, so yeah. i love this it's great 
totally i think I, I think a lot of the most of the clothes i've bought in like the past like couple of years i've just been thrifted because it's pants of thrift <laughs> this is thrifted i want my outfits always thrifted. i think the t-shirt i'm wearing underneath this is thrifted. Yeah. um but it's just like i i don't know it's like it's like so much stuff you can find at thrift stores is still really good quality and it's really well priced depending on where you go if you go to some of the upper end ones where they got like some cooler yeah they're nicer stuff they're yeah. gonna get high price but if you're just going to like value village or like goodwill or something <laughs> we can sound a little bit more routine if you if you but if you go to like one of those it, it, you could still get some like pretty nice some basic stuff like i get jeans oh yeah most of my uh, closet is probably like 85 percent thrifted yeah I always get. I always tell people, I'm like, go get pants and jeans because they're already like broken in. Yeah, and they're not like fifty to like eighty bucks at like, yeah. a normal store. It's like that's ridiculous. Like I, I can't go shopping now and see like a shirt for twenty bucks and be like, yeah, no. Yeah, no, I can't. Well, it's like yeah, because even at like the cheap fast fashion sh- sh- uh, stores, it's like a t-shirt is still like twenty dollars. Yeah, and it's not worth it. Like back in high school, I used to shop at Blue Notes all the time because yeah. it was it was cheap. And, you know, you can afford that on, like, part-time student hedge, right? So it's like, oh, I want to get some new clothes that fit my wardrobe. But then now I go and it's like, it's like, if I just want to get a t-shirt, it's like, yeah, it's like it's 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks and they have lame t-shirts now. They yeah. suck. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, like, go, go thrifting. At least I can find some funny stuff. Oh yeah. Like uh, I found this shirt. It was like obviously homemade. It basically looked like they just spray painted on it. It just said, "I love my girlfriend." <laughs> oh, that's cute. And I was like, it was a dollar, and I was like, "Well, I gotta buy it." Yeah, that's <laughs> that's funny. So, but it's like, yeah, thrifting is just like so cool. Some of my favorite clothes. And it's not like the fab. It's like everyone's doing it now. So it's like that's good because i've been thrifting forever before it was cool yeah but now it's like oh it's the new trend like go thrifting find all these outfits it's like honestly it's better for the environment so go for it no totally and like i think i think another side of thrifting that people aren't like uh focusing in on is like appliances oh yeah dude wow kick-ass blender from from valley village for like 10 bucks right. because my blender broke and i know a lot of it was like it was like to get a new blender it was gonna cost me like you know like a cheap what was gonna cost me oh, 50 dollars yeah and it would probably end up breaking within a year oh my god you know why not thrift it so it's like i went i would like i was at the gym and they in the gym i go to there's a valley village just like down the street from it okay and so I was like, I'll pop in and see what they got. And I found this blender for 10 bucks. I've had it for like six months. Oh, Tim's a champ. Love it. Um, and the best part about it is I'm like, okay, if this breaks, I'm not really that upset. No. Because it only cost me $10. Legit. So uh, I, I I love thrifting. Thrifting is like the best. Honestly, yeah. Like furniture, clothes, anything really. It's it's not a bad place to be. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. They have like the fashion marketing and the fashion design. They're like... Going with that route. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what do you have coming up in this issue? I think it was just, it's an unbound fashion show preview. Was that it? Uh, yes. So, I've chatted with a couple people who um, are dealing with that, which obviously is great. Uh, we also, for the cover of the uh, newspaper, is a photo that I took of a couple of the models and their outfits that they created. Which I thought was really cool because I think it's like the first actual photo we've had for the newspaper. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. My name's on it. I'm yeah. never wrong. It's pretty wicked, right? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, all of our all of our covers for the paper are usually either just graphic design yeah. or a drawing by one of our uh, one of our talented artists on staff. But like, very cool to be right? like the first love it issue that we have that's like a photo. It's your photo, yeah. and it's a cool photo. Yeah, I so, saw. Oh my god, this some blasting ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How how'd the shoot go? Because it was pretty short notice. Ever. It, it was. Um, so I like brought all my gear. I had like lights and whatever. And then I showed up and luckily um, Hannah actually got a hold of some photography students. So they helped me out a lot because like they had all their lighting equipment already set up, which was awesome. And then they had all these cool gadgets. I had, um, I forget what it's called, but when you take a picture, it will like make all the lights like flash with it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I was thinking like with my little equipment, I'm like, oh, it probably won't be that good, but. Uh, it turned out really well. There was a lot of people there helping and giving input and whatnot. So I honestly thought it went way smoother and better than what I intentionally thought it was going to go. Mm -hmm. So I was completely happy with the outcome. Hell yeah. How long did the how long did the shoot take the kick you guys? Um, less than an hour. I felt like nice. Yeah, it, it was just um, getting set up quick. And unfortunately, the... Uh, some of the equipment needed to be returned by like, I forget what time it was actually, like eight. Yeah, because we were there at seven. So we had to like quickly, we were trying to like um, re like put the models in a different position. Yeah. But then all of a sudden we're like, okay, actually, I don't really like how this is looking. So like, let's quickly switch it back. So we switched it back and then we took a couple more shots and then it was like, okay, that's it. It's it's stressful working under like a time piece. Yes. I was, uh, I was recently in a, uh, my buddy's a, like a film, he's in film program or whatever. Right. Okay. At one of the universities, I think it's at U Windsor. Uh, and he was up here shooting something and right. he, that. he needed just extras and actors. So I went and helped him out, but we only had one of the actors for like an hour. Right. So you're like, Hey, whatever we need shot with them. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, he only had so many lines, but it's like, think about how long just setting up one oh. shot would take. So it's like. Very stressful. Very, very, very. But then you feel so relieved and like good about yourself when oh, the outcome if it turned out good. It it did turn out pretty good. It was like yeah. pretty funny. Uh like just just watching the outcome. But like yeah, I was so exhausted. Oh yeah. It, yeah. it gets you. So uh yeah, because like I'm in TV and film. So the first year we actually had to do both TV and film. So I made a couple films myself. And it's a very stressful, hectic however long your shoot is, mm -hmm. it's it's hell. And then after you can just sit back and you're like, okay, who like take a moment, appreciate it. But while you're doing it, it's, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's so stressed. It definitely doesn't help that like most of the actors were just like my buddy's friends. Goofing up and what? Yeah. And <laughs> well, it's like, it was like a very, it was a great fun set and a really fun experience. But like, it was definitely like. We had, uh, you know, my buddy who was in the film and also directing it oh, at the same time. And then we had another person who was doing all the camera work. And then, like, the rest of us was were just like, you know, that's that's our one buddy. And then, like, you know, here's here's the other guy. Here's the director's sister. And one of the roles, like, and everyone was great. Don't get me wrong, but it definitely was like, oh, man, we're doing so much stuff. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, I've never been on a film set before. I've been in front of a camera like maybe four times at this point. You know, like, I'm not used to being in front of maybe behind and then on her, but no. Oh, they get that. And it, the, the weirdest part was definitely um, learning how to not stare at the camera. Yes. Uh, yes. Because, like, with journalism, 
you're telling look at the camera yeah because you're talking to the viewer so like when i had to deliver my lines they're like yeah you need to stop looking at like look over here they're like look over (laughs) here and i was like oh that's so weird so like we had to do a lot of the scenes i was in like a bunch oh yeah read here read because I kept looking at the camera. Yeah, I'm like, stop it. Yeah, but like, stop looking at the camera. And I was like, I can't. I, I can't help it. And I'm a journalist. So you, I'm, and I'm like, used to this. I got to look directly at it. And looking know. through it to the viewer. But no, I get, I got what you're saying. Yeah. So how how is film and uh, film and television broadcast? Like, how's that going? Like, honestly, um, first year was like uh, hectic in the sense that like you're both putting your foot at film and then you're doing TV shows. So like. You'd have a couple films and then you may be helping out with other films. So it was really stressful. And especially being a first year, you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing. But luckily, I'm actually, I've taken journalism a couple of years ago. So I've, I have some skills and whatnot that I didn't feel super overwhelmed going into the program. Um, but definitely second year, you know, we branch out. Most of everyone goes to the film side. Like we only have one TV section with like 17 kids in it because everyone's like film, film, film. Yeah. Um, but it it's going good, honestly. Comparing my two like uh, diplomas or whatnot, like journalism and this program, I would have to say I did like journalism better. It's like you were out reporting and doing stuff where this isn't so much that you're like learning behind like what's in the control room and like working behind the camera more, which I, I didn't need. So I have more skill and experience and whatnot. Yeah. But overall it's, it's a good program. I definitely feel like they're very more film based. Yeah. Instead of TV, but, um, the teachers were great. Like everyone that I met has been awesome. And if I didn't come here, then I wouldn't have been with Intero Bank. So I'm glad. So did you take journalism at Fanshawe as well? No, actually I was down in Windsor and that was back in like 26. You're from Windsor? No, I'm, uh, I'm from, like, Grand Bend, Exeter, oh. like, 45 minutes north from London. Okay, yeah, 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 And then I just decided to go to Windsor for the journalism program. Okay. So I was there for a couple of years. So St. Clair. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, met a boyfriend, so then I ended up staying there for a bit. And then I was like, no, I'm going to come back. And then I was going to take this program a couple of years, but then COVID hit. Yes. So I was like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to go because I'm like, when I went to school down in St. Clair, that was when the strike happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we were, like, the getting big class. We're, like, finding out how to cram the whole first semester in, like, a month or two because we, we missed out on so much. So going on to COVID, I was like, I don't want to be that again. We're, like, they're trying to figure out, like, are we online? Are we doing this? So I took another year off, and then it came. Yeah. Part of me wishes I had taken a year off because I did all of my schooling during COVID. I did, I did one year of computer science here at Fanshawe. And then I was actually going to go to journalism at St. Clair. Okay. Uh, because I'm I'm from Windsor. Oh, okay. So uh, I was like I was like oh I'll move back home and I'll do journalism there, save some money, don't have to pay rent. But they actually the program shut down for COVID. Oh yeah, and, yeah, you know. So you see that? So you're like, mm. yeah. It was basically right when I went to go apply. They were like, yeah, it's not running while the pandemic's on. That's hard. So I was like, oh, I guess, uh, you know, I'm already in London. I guess I'll just go here. Just keep going. Yeah. Um, Used to the college makes sense, but it also didn't. But COVID really put a damper on everyone. Oh, literally everyone's plans. I had like a five-year plan laid out and then COVID hit. And then after COVID, I was like, just go. That's exactly. Yeah. yeah. What's the point of having a five-year plan if everything's just right. going to go up in flames? Like, legit. <laughs> so it's just like, I'm just going to do... I'm just gonna do stuff and see what happens, you know.
So get a get a get a diploma and get a job and hope from there that then to ask it to go good. For sure. So like what made you decide that like journalism and TV production was like the move? So when I was in high school, I was kind of like a rebel child because my family would call me the black sheep, whatever. So I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to travel. And like, I loved photography and, and capturing things. And um, all throughout high school, if we had the option to like make a project, I would always do the project and it would always be some sort of like film. Um, yeah. So like, I forget who and when I decided, I was like, journalism, that sounds fun. I'd love that. And yeah. That's just been history. Um, I'm involved. I've written for like a Stratford local paper, then that COVID shut it down, so it doesn't exist anymore. Cause, of course. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. That's awesome. That's why I was loving it at Global, because I was literally in it. Like I was shadowing a reporter. We were out on the streets. It was great, but mm. life sucks sometimes. So you just. Yeah, and global global is such a great place to work. Everyone I know who has worked at Global or interned at Global has been like, it's the best. It is, and I, I'd love to get a position at Global. Okay, if the only issue was being in Montreal, there was a lot of issues with me being from Ontario and yes. some people who are very rude. Oh, um, really? Oh, my God. it's it's very bad over there. Like, it's like a culture shock for sure, but. If they see my Ontario license plate, like I got stuff thrown at my car. I got yelled at. And it's like, it's Montreal. It's like, you're right on the border. You're like barely Quebec. Canada, like we're all lovely people. Yeah. We're all supposed to be, but honestly, out of all provinces, I would have to say that that one is not so nice. I'm I'm like, I've heard that actually about yeah. a lot of that. I've heard that from a lot of people who go to Quebec, especially people who can't speak French can can you speak French I can speak French a bit but like it's very rusty so like yeah. not as well as probably the people there would want yeah they just don't have a lot of patience for uh for people who are either bad at speaking French or don't speak French yeah and I get in Quebec like that's fair but that's in, in Montreal like that's actually where like a lot of English speaking people live so you'd think that they'd be more lenient and like nice and, and considerate but no yeah. Not seeing everyone, but like for the little time I was there, it was more ruthless people. <laughs> well, especially especially in Montreal, because it's like you know it's the biggest city in the yeah. province. Yeah, um, but it's like you know Montreal is literally right across the river from Ottawa I, and Ontario. So it's like yeah. so it's like at a like you gotta like, at some point expect that people with Ontario license plates and people with the you know, Ontario driver's license and people who speak English oh yeah are gonna be coming into the province so it's like being rude to them is just gonna it's just weird yeah and the whole time I was there I didn't see another's like Ontario plate no I was so weirded out by that because being in Ontario like you see plates from everywhere mm -hmm. but like there I didn't see a single one I'm like this is weird this is very weird yeah yeah well at least at least it's a very beautiful city. Oh, it is very condensed, like mm -hmm. very, very condensed. A lot of graffiti, which I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, graffiti everywhere. Yeah. Like on anything. I'm like, holy crap. This is a lot. Yeah. Um, the roads there suck. And <laughs> <laughs> suck. Especially because in the winter, like you can't really see like the lines and stuff. Yeah. But people just drive wherever. Oh, wow. So like me driving, I'm like, oh my gosh. And they don't turn on... Um, red lights like they don't turn right oh 
Yeah. And then I was talking to like Dan, who's a reporter, and he was like, honestly, it's because we're stupid. <laughs> He's like, honestly, like they've tried passing the law like to turn right. And the people literally have said no, because then you're stupid. Like they're bad drivers. I'm not saying that, but like Dan, who's been there, not like, but honestly, that's legit why we haven't passed the law. That's funny as hell. I don't So it took driving like I was literally living six kilometers away from Global, but it would take me like 25 minutes oh, wow. to get there because one, it's like 40, like you can only go 40 in the city. Yeah. And you can't turn right on red light. So every time you hit a red light, everyone stops. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So coming back into Ontario, I felt so relieved. Yeah. I think because I don't like London traffic as it is. London traffic's like rough, but I would... Yeah. I think I'd actually, like, I, oh have a heart attack yes. in, uh, in Montreal traffic for what you told I, I now, like, when I'm in London, I'm like, okay, just, you know, it's not as bad as it's <laughs> <laughs> worse. Oh, yeah, again. And the roads, like, they're pothole. Like, they need to do the roads. Yeah. It's like, once I pass back into Ontario, like, their highways compared to our highways, I'm like, oh, wow, it's smooth. Like, well, it's it's like yeah, it's it's like the four hundred one gets like a bad rap, but it's like you get into some of the more yes. less populated provinces, and it's like, wow, yeah, like. But it is a beautiful place. Like they've like it's one of the oldest cities, so no, it's very very pretty. Like all the old buildings and the old hospital there. It was kind of creepy, but I like like abandoned places, and yeah, so I really liked it. It was really nice. If I was ever to go back, it would be to visit a friend or just not live there no i couldn't i feel low there and that was that was bad yeah yeah and it's it's so interesting like the way like because you said like montreal is like very condensed whereas like like ottawa is very it's a it's a big city but it's a very large stretched out city yeah um so it's very interesting to have those two right beside each other yeah and like going downtown like it's just it's like going to toronto like there's skyscrapers and whatnot but it's so tiny like you just feel like an ant in like an ant maze because it's it's so compact so many people walking everywhere it's honestly better to walk mm-hmm. or like take the metro or, or bike than drive because yeah the roads are just tiny and the snow doesn't help because it's so condensed and the pile like yeah winter in montreal is not it's pretty but if you're living there, trying to get around, it's not fun. I've heard it's cold, also. Very cold. Yeah, very cold. Wes. Yes, it's Canada, like, uh, but compared to our southern Ontario, it's yeah. a lot cold. That's that's what I've heard is that like you know southern Ontario and especially London. London gets really hammered with with cold weather. Yeah. Um, especially coming from Windsor, because uh, Windsor we have pretty mild. Oh, it's very wet Windsor. It very. Yeah. Very. It's a lot of rain and slush. Floods. 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 Oh yeah. Literally, when I moved to Windsor, uh, in like grade ten, a week later, we had a flood. Flood. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, our house was like. The previous owners had put money into right. one prevention and everything, but like happening. four people on our street for it. Uh, and but it was just like it, it's yeah. So when I because I've gone up north and up to like Ottawa and stuff in the winter before, it's cold. Very very cold. very different from our like our area. Yeah, we get a wet cold. They get dry cold. Yeah, yeah and dry cold is just so brutal. Yeah. So <laughs> anyways, back to back to journalism for uh, yeah. for a quick second. So how's your, how's your experience been so far with, like, being a journalist and just doing all that stuff? 
honestly great and the one thing i would say to people who want to like look into this or who are maybe just haven't been getting a good start is definitely like connections is your way to go about jobs sources whatever is the more people you know and the more people you've chatted with and didn't burn bridges with honestly it gets you so much further than just being very close-minded and, and try to do everything by yourself if that yeah so obviously being good at what you do is going to help you do that but it is but also like knowing the proper people like yeah. having like having good references is like so killer honestly in this in this field that's like the number one thing yeah for sure like i'm uh i'm like 99 sure that the reason i work at intero bay right now is because i had some pretty good references right. so um is there any specific place you want to go work at um this is like kind of taking a bat like a back step from like like news journalism and whatnot my like dream goal would be to be like a videographer for national geographic That'd be like the coolest thing ever. Right? I definitely, that's always been in my head to do that. I travel and just take really good video, like nature and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then another like dream goal is to like eventually be like an anchor on like a, like maybe not CTV, but like some sort of news. Yeah. Some sort of big. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is, that is like the dream goal. I think for, is, is to get to make it. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah uh i'd be fine with like just getting like even being like an anchor or it, i i because i did broadcast i'm like i'm a little bit more i'd bl- like to be a radio yeah yeah news anchor as opposed to like a, a tv on the screen type. Uh, yeah i'm not i'm not super into being on screen even an odd camera uh but the uh it even getting like in at like a even like a smaller market yeah but like someplace that i can be like this is mine yeah exactly you know that's like that'd be super super cool but now uh, now that you said videographer for national geographic i'm like god that would be the coolest oh, thing ever. It's so nice. I'm like, why can't they do that? Right. I'm like i don't know how to even start applying for that or who to talk to like i definitely know i need to get more equipment thousands of dollars worth of equipment oh my god i've been i've been looking and getting into my own like getting my own camera so that i can go and take photos and it's like it's ridiculous it's like the cheapest camera that i was looking at was like 500 dollars oh and lenses on top of that yeah are hundreds of dollars more yeah i was really like i have my own camera and, and whatnot like all my photo stuff but i was like i really want like my own video camera so i can like be an actual freelance like yes i freelance like photography and writing because you take your own photos or whatnot but like looking for like a sony like ac160 it's like our like what we use at our program yeah those can range from like two thousand to five thousand yeah like, holy crap like this is gonna have to take out a loan just to get to go yeah. go with it brandon our videographer he's the one who shoots the video podcast yeah he uses a black magic for all of his stuff. Right. And he's got me on the black magic train. Those things are so, yes. so good. There, There's just so much out there too that it's like mm-hmm. wrapping your brain around it all. Like I'm not, I'm saying like I'm not a very techie person. Yeah. But I'm like with the program and like what I want to do, like you have to keep going. Yeah. Or you're just going to get lost in the mix, you know? Like No, it's, you got to keep up with everything. It's really tough. It is. Cause there's just so much new technology for our type of field that it's mm-hmm. like, holy crap. Like, I don't know which is the best or what I should use. 
Yeah. I'm at least lucky in my area of expertise is like microphones and stuff. And microphones have not changed since the Sashis. For sure. They are like the same, like sure sells the same mics right uh, that they did back then and they're the exact same my clothes that just work yeah uh, nothing better that they can like they're the red that's literally it it's it's like they did it once perfectly the first time so we we're just going to keep it that way Legit. so um before we wrap up we're just going to do uh some quick lightning round questions we've been doing this uh thanks to justin me introduced this um and it's very fun so we're going to start off favorite food I would have to say, like, chicken and rice. That is so plain. <laughs> but, like, I can eat it. That's the only thing I would eat for the rest of my life. I'm going to be honest. I eat chicken and rice all the time. Yeah. It's so good. So good. It's just delicious. Oh, yeah. Um, sweet, savory, or salty? Sweet. Um, new, new music you've been listening to right now? Uh, like, Lana Del Rey, I've always been listening to, but... Uh, I'm in a lot of Del Rey fix right now. No, sorry, yeah, I hadn't said that. That's fair, that's fair. I'm in a Paramore fix right now. Okay. We got it. the release of the new album, I've been going back and listening. I, I might check that out, though. But, uh, favorite band of all time or musician of all time? Don't, don't make fun of me. Nickelback. Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a good thing. Oh, you're so funny. Yeah. Uh, I've been to five concerts and my family, like me, my mom, and my sister, like we're obsessed. Yeah. We're going to another concert in August. I think. Oh, no, my roommate, my roommate is going to one, but she's going to one in, July, in June, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you dance? Um, not really. No? Uh, mountains or beaches? Beaches. I was a beach band, but I was living in Grand Band, so I'd have to say beaches. Beaches are great. Yeah. Beaches. Do you cook? Uh, rarely, but I, I can. Yeah. I can make a mean meal. Do you have a favorite meal to make? Uh, it would be probably salmon roasted brussels sprouts and rice that's a really really fancy meal i'm and just it sounds fancy but it was like one of the easy meals that i made um, yeah i think it's just for me because I, I don't cook fish because i'm very bad at cooking fish i only cook salmon and it's only enough like <laughs> i don't fit any other fish another fish every time i've tried to cook fish i've messed it up so, so you're like just a boy now coffee or tea tea um thousand dollars what are you buying a plane ticket somewhere warm. <laughs> nice. Uh, silliest thing you owned? Oh, I have um, fish, uh, like slipper, not slippers, but they're like, yeah, slippers, but they're hard because like they're, it's like a bass. Oh, are they like the ones that like, it looks like the fish is swallowing your feet? Yes. Oh, those are so funny. <laughs> I want a fair of those. Um, do you believe in ghosts? Oh, for sure. Um, and finally, favorite story you've written for the Interrobang? Um, it would have to be, I think, I wrote one about our winter, like the weird winter. It was about like global warming and whatnot. So. That was a really good one. I, I like that one. Yeah, I really like that one because it was like, uh, just the title kind of thinks like it, 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 just, it just feels like it might be like, oh, another one of those. Oh, it's just, oh, winter's been weird, has it? Right. But you went into like the climate change aspect yeah. of it. And I, like, I feel like with our winters like back when we were kids like you would remember big snowstorms of like the snowbanks are like up here yeah now we've been having ones where it's like oh yeah there was one or two storms but like green like grass like yeah it's 10 degrees and then it's like tw- minus 10 yeah it's like it's like you know instead of getting all the snow in like 
you know, November, December, and January, we're getting slammed at like end of February, right. March. So I just feel like more and more people are aware of it because it's like, oh, like what's going on? And I've always been like a green thumb. So yeah, like I, I like that one. No, it's a very good story. I, think, I, I really like that one. And that's all we had. So thank you for coming on. No, I guess I love this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no problem, no problem. And thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Red Couch Podcast. As always, you can catch up with every episode on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Pick up your copy of Interrobang on newsstands now. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be, and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all things Fanshawe. For the Interrobang, I'm Ben Harrietha. 